Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. If our Fire Island ferry Titanic's tomorrow, instead of the the you know the the the, the four the four piece orchestra mm-hmm. that was there what, what would be in its stead? it'll be some gay guy playing charlie xcx <laughs> on his phone yeah <laughs> holding his, on phone, his phone not even with the speaker <laughs> yeah yeah and well, he'll be like can you scream a little quieter we can't hear the song <laughs> have you ever wanted to talk like a man and spit like a man I um I assume you're referencing Titanic. I didn't rewatch for this episode. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna lie to the virgins. You mean you to don't you. do a biannual Titanic viewing <laughs> like I do? So do you mean biannual in the twice a year sense or in the every other year sense? Because twice a year. The, okay, twice it, a year. The English language is insane, and biannual does mean both. Isn't that so stupid? Well, it means that I'm bi and I watch it annually. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's really good. Um, anyways, virgins, in case you haven't figured it out, um, and we did warn you ahead of time, today we are watching Titanic and discussing all of the things that there are to discuss about um, what Rose will say is the greatest film ever created. Yes, today we are revisiting James Cameron's Flawed but beautiful masterpiece, Titanic. Uh, and do we really have to call it James Cameron's Titanic? I feel like we should be erasing him at this point. No, I feel like it his, is. His it name is, should be erased. His dirty little fingerprints are all over it, and yeah, it would not be are. what it is without him. And we are going to look back at Titanic and talk about how it shaped us, how maybe some of us crashed into it like an iceberg and it totally changed the course of our lives because this is like a virgin, the show where we give yesterday's pop culture today's takes. I'm Rose Damu. And I'm Fran Torado. You're here. There's nothing I fear. I was bracing myself for this. I uh, have something really dark to admit, which is that I did not leave my apartment this weekend. Not once. <laughs> did you step out to get, like, a coffee or, like... I stepped out to take trash oh. to the dumpster. Otherwise, I did not leave my... I didn't leave my apartment building. I love that. Honestly, it's all about restoration here. And uh, did you did you restore? What did you do? Well, what I the main reason is that I read um, three books this weekend. Oh, so literate I just, brag. Yeah. <laughs> so I I I just got a Kindle, 
because I wanted one. And mm. Amazon Day. Um, oh, no, 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 no. Back up, back up. Phoebe, take that out. We are not on this podcast. <laughs> anyway. Shouting out Amazon Day. Prime okay, I Day. Got, I no, got, no, a, no, I got a, an unnamed electronic reader. Um, <laughs> and I read six books last week. Whoa, I'm but so the, jealous of your reading ability. Your reading but comprehension the caveat, level is unmatched. <laughs> the caveat is they were all historical gay romances. <laughs> so, you know, they're they're quick reads. What are what, um, were they lesbian romances? Were they I was no, going to ask were, they were MM. Oh, not MM. So they can't even be deemed bodice rippers they're um like cod no, piece were the cod, cod piece, piece rippers, rippers. <laughs> yeah did we just did we just invent that honestly we're genius um well so i i started reading one of them while we were on vacation you you have seen the, the book what is it called the, the soldier the and the soldier s- scoundrel the soldier um, the soldier scoundrel yeah so i finished that and read the other two books in that series and then i read a series by this author whose books i've read before their name is kj charles and I read this series um, that's sort of like, it's called uh, Charm of Magpies, and mm. it's like historical gay fantasy. Mm. I kind of needed it because I have been writing a lot and reading a lot has been really helpful to that process. And also I just like wanted to read some like <laughs> gay historical gay erotica. Love that for you. I do think we should start a Like a Virgin book club. I definitely um, am on a little reading stint after a whole... I mean, in June, I feel like I didn't read at all. But on Fire Island, I did start to read The Death of Vivek Oji by Akweke Amezi, who's, like, an amazing author that I've admired for a while. And I also picked up, much to your delight, I finally picked up, or rather borrowed, my friend Amy's copy of Circe by Madeline Miller. Oh, I didn't know that. That's amazing. Yeah, I I forgot to tell you about it. But like Madeline Miller wrote Song of Achilles, which is one of my favorite books of all time. And I very famously did interview her for my senior thesis paper for undergrad. I think uh, Circe is the superior book. Um, Wow. Okay. But I obviously, you know, witchcraft is always going to reign supreme for me. But I think it would be so fun to do a book club because you and I have, obviously, as anyone who listens to this podcast knows, have very different tastes that often intersect. So I feel like if we did something where like every other month we switched off on something that one of us was interested in reading. Although I'm going to draw a hard line on like conflict is not abuse is like not going in the rotation. Oh, oh, I can't, I, I can't honestly provide any nonfiction. Like you will not pick up any nonfiction. No, I, I will pick up nonfiction. Name I, one I nonfiction book you would consider. Um, wait, I was reading something nonfiction recently and now Lies. I can't remember what it was. You just can't handle reality. I can handle reality, the but realness. it's just, it's just the re- <laughs> but my taste is, I, I prefer yeah, fiction. fiction girl. And, and if I'm going to read, great. and if I'm going to read essays, like I read a lot of journalism and like essays and nonfiction, but I don't like reading them in book form. I need like the short bites. Yeah, I um, understand. The, the, the realness. realness. Um, <laughs> if you um, are interested in a Like a Virgin book club, mm. um, slide into our DMs and let us know, and we will figure <laughs> out a way to make it happen. And if you would like to be our intern running the Like a Virgin book club, because we don't have the capacity to do that, please let us we know. Could figure, we could figure it out easily. But oh. also, slide into our DMs and recommend some books. Okay. Sounds good. I love to read. Okay, now you want to you, talk about Drag I Race say Espana, that, so. I say I say I love to read as if it's with a gun to my head. Um, okay, yes, let me tell you, Rose, I picked up Drag Race Espana. I'm honestly very ashamed that I, I hadn't started watching it up until now. Um, I had a friend, um, it might have been Esa Noche, actually, who told me to skip season one because it's kind of a flop and just watch season two, which is an immaculately cast season. And it is so good. And I have to say, I mean, okay, the, the the one caveat is that lip syncs across the board have been terrible. Like, I don't know if, like, 
Spanish drag. There's a lot of obviously cultural nuances between all the different kinds of international drag shows that are happening. But like maybe there's a different threshold or quality metric or performance style that exists in Spain because I feel I like... I don't know, but I feel like like lip syncs have been bad across the board multiple franchises because the lip syncs have been bad on All Stars this season. Actually, T, like they really have been. Like not even Jinx really is like serving in the lip syncs. And... But I think part of it is the song selection. Yeah, um... it is, it is. Um, that's so true. I but I what I wanted to say just to to plug the show or at least to plug season two for the virgins is that one the critiques are incredible. Like they are so thorough on the critiques for Drag Race España and the categories are really cool. They had a whole category on Almodovar films. They oh cool. They had a horror category which Drag Race has never done and it was like maybe one of the best runways I've seen on any Drag Race franchise in a very long time. And the Javis, who are the co-directors and creators of La Veneno, really esteemed creators in España, are two of the judges on Drag Race. And not only are they excellent judges, but they are the hottest people on the planet. And I, I, I actually, I'm going to send you a picture right now. I, I think I've seen what they look like. Babe. Let's see what you consider the hottest people on the planet. <laughs> just these two average, like, Abercrombie-looking white men. But it's just the fact that they're, like, also, like, talented and astute and intellectual and, like, brilliant creators in addition to being hot. Yeah, I... I mean, they're hot. I wouldn't call them the hottest people on the planet. No, 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 no. Okay, 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 okay. Wait, 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 wait. Give me, give me a second. Give me a second. Give me a second. Okay. No, I don't. I don't think. I don't think different photos will change that opinion. No, it will. It will. It will. It will. It will. It, will. it, it won't. Okay. Anyways, are they boyfriends? Yes, they're boyfriends. They're like part. They're husbands, basically. It's they're giving Bella me a little bit. Yeah, they are giving Bella me. Ugh, God, I hate that about me. Um, speaking of TV shows that you, that, that one of us watches, the other one doesn't, Mm -hmm. um, I started watching What We Do in the Shadows this weekend, which I have never, so it's a vampire mockumentary that was created by Taika Waititi and the guy behind Flight of the Concords. Um, I have, have known about it for a while, but was never really interested in watching it, even though, like, obviously I love vampires. But the new season came out recently. I think it was just nominated for an Emmy. And so I guess it's, like, been in the ether enough that I was interested and saw it pop up on Hulu as something recommended for me. And I watched the whole first season this weekend. And I haven't laughed out loud watching a TV show like that in forever it's so actually funny it's about for anyone who doesn't know it's about it's like mockumentary style like the office or parks and recreation um about three vampires who live together on staten island and they're very like old school vampiric like very like dracula i want to suck your blood but like ridiculous and they have a human familiar who takes care of them and they just get into all these like crazy hijinks. The first season, Beanie Feldstein is in as a Ooh, recurring guest star. Fun. It is so funny and smart. And I just have heard so many good things about it. And it's it's really good. And despite how kind of tired I am of Taika Waititi as a like cultural figure, I mean he's he directs and writes a lot of it, but was only in one episode. There's actually an episode in the first season that features actors who have played iconic vampires in a bunch of different media, like Tilda Swinton's Ooh, in it. Oh, that's um, so clever. Like, what an in, what a kind of cinematic invention on the writing level. Yeah, it, I guess it was based on, they made a movie version of this, like, years ago, and so this is a an adaptation of that. Mm. Um, the fourth season is currently on now, but it's really funny. I think you would be into it if you watched it. From what you described, um, it sounds like really good. I, I I might have to hop on because I'm I'm not necessarily running out of TV, but like I could use something new because I feel like I'm just watching the same shit. I started it out because I thought it would be something good to watch while I was doing something else. Like while I was I was cleaning on Saturday and thought it would be good to have something in the background. But then it's so good that I stopped doing the other things I was doing so that I could just watch it. Okay, I love that, Rose. I I wouldn't say I was 
excited for the Lizzo album, but I am, like, a Lizzo stan. Like, I adore her as a celebrity. I have been following her since day one. I remember going to see her do a talk and performance at South by Southwest to, like, a room of, like, 150 people. Like, I love Lizzo, and I actually really loved her last album, um, Because I Love You. Um, But the singles that she has been putting out have been, I mean, they've just, they've just been. They've been TikTok songs. They've been, we can say that. They've, they've been TikTok songs. They've been songs, perfectly yes. good uh, TikTok sounds. And, and I don't want to get, and because I love her, I don't want to get uh, on here and like grill Lizzo. Like, even if I don't think that this new album special is really that great. The thing that I feel warrants critique is a song on this album called Everybody's Gay. Have you seen or heard about this at all? No. I have not. Well, she there's I've a s- actually only seen kind of uniformly positive engagement with the Lizzo album from people. That's so interesting to me. Um I will save maybe my thoughts on the album for group chats, but I think that it is worth it to say that Lizzo and her team knew what they were doing when they put a song on this album called Everybody's Gay. They're gonna get the pink news, them.us, like, headline circuit that says, Lizzo has created, like, the next queer anthem. This is so amazing. Um, Like, put it up in the clubs. It's Michael Jackson referential, like, whatever. And, like, this song, first of all, sucks. The lyrics are garbage. And I feel like it is such a vacant ploy to be an ally anthem that has not earned its keep. Like, when we think about the canon of gay anthems or whatever, starting from, like, Diana Ross doing I'm Coming Out to Express Yourself to Born This Way, this is coming from artists who have clocked the hours and have put in the work as, like, a queer ally, so to speak, to have written and put out a, a single that is, like, essentially pandering to that community. And I feel like this song was on, like, you need to calm down levels of, like, cringe in terms of what it was trying mm-hmm. to do with, like, the Pride circuit. And I don't know. It just, like, was very ick to me because Lizzo, unfortunately, belongs to this class of celebrities that briefly came out as, like, queer and then went back into the closet and was like, no, I'm an ally, I'm an ally. Because, like, Nikki did that, Jesse J did that, Gaga kind of did that, like, you know... Gaga's never said that she's not actually bisexual. No, but she has very explicitly pivoted to ally. And every, every time she talks about the community, she identifies as an ally, even if she hasn't explicitly said, I'm not bisexual anymore, or whatever. It is a strategic motivation probably put on by, like, their management teams. I'm sure it's maybe something they don't want to do. But, like, if celebrities are queer, they often have to go back into the closet to have more mainstream appeal. And I feel like Lizzo was one of those people. Yeah, I think the difference with Gaga, and not to harp on Gaga, but, you know, I spent most of yesterday watching clips from the Chromatica Ball. And <laughs> the the thing that sets Gaga apart, her her sexuality aside, and I think it's a very slippery slope to say, like, She's not who she says she is. But Gaga is and has always been fully immersed in queer culture. Exactly. Exactly. It's it's in a way that, in a way that I've never seen Lizzo be. And I wonder if for Lizzo, because she's such a Gen Z pop star and we're at this point of like no labels, um, yeah. you know, like everyone's gay, mm. like she does feel the right to play in that sandbox without having actually like done the on the ground work just because of the sort of like almost post identity era that we are in. And the thing about this song and also with you need to calm down, which I think is in the same category. It's like, which I do. <laughs> it's one of my baby, one of the songs on lover no, that no, I actually no. listen to kind of regularly. No, 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 not regularly, but bad... like, but, <laughs> no, it's, but no. it's like, it's the one with, if I'm Honey. listening to the, this is Taylor Swift Spotify playlist and you need to calm down comes on. I won't skip it. Oh my god, you are losing credibility on this podcast fast. That song is I don't trash. Care. Um, I don't give a shit. Well, what I was going to say that you disagree with is that though the, the, I would totally excuse the egregiousness of both of these like songs if they were just good songs. 
But the songs are, both of the songs, I think, were more focused on... Shade ex- never made anybody less gay. <laughs> that sucks. That's one of the worst things that has that ever sucks. been written. Um, yeah. and, I, and I really feel like, like, if the songs were good, all of this would be forgiven. Like... I, I would not give a shit about being pandered to if the song is good. And um, and that's, like, not a great... That's like, I'm not proud of that, but I think that that is culturally... Yeah, but it's real. Culturally, that's how the machine works. And, um, yeah, anyways, I just needed to, to, to vent about it because Lizzo is someone who I adore and admire and I'm rooting for. And she, you know, her celebrity is not tainted. She's going to continue to ascend and make better and better work. But, like, this is just not it. And I don't think the album is is it either. It's like honestly, like bootleg Michael Jackson, bordering on bootleg Justin Timberlake, which is bootleg Michael Jackson, I guess. But it's like getting to like the Robin Thicke territory of like Ooh, generic, gross. like disco feel good. I don't even know what it is. But. I mean, speak. But speaking of disco feel good, before we go, um, I'm here to give my official review of. Minions, The Rise of Gru, which I did see on my birthday last week. And it was so good. I had such a fun time at that movie. I went in knowing absolutely nothing about Minions. Still known, I think I probably know less about them having seen the movie. But it was a great time. It was short and sweet. The one thing I was disappointed about was that a lot of the songs on the album are not actually in the movie. It's like a lot of the songs that are covered, they play the actual versions of them in the movie. So I guess Mm. the album is more like inspired by the film. It's more of like a vibe. But um, yeah, it was it was great. I had a great time. And um, I, I don't know that I will ever see a Minions movie again. I did clock some gentle minions in the theater which i don't know if you've seen this phenomenon you were explaining it to me for the virgins what are what are gentle yeah so it's this tiktok thing of young men who go to minions movies in full suits do they have any minions makeup or paraphernalia no no no. they're just wearing suits what gentle minions gentle minions where does this come from that's so culty and weird probably from tiktok Probably from TikTok, as it always comes from TikTok. Yes. Um, wow, maybe I'll wear my suit to the Minions, to the to my Minions screening. Just I don't really recommend you see it. I don't think you would enjoy it. Um, no, I, I, I mean, I think it would be fine, but I just, it's not how I want to um, spend my day, I guess. I still, yeah. I'm honestly behind on, on, like, going to theaters and seeing movies. I have to get my, haul my ass to an AMC so I've I been seeing see like the three movies a week because of my now Stubbs A list status. That's right, A list status, Mama. I'm she going to see status. where the crawdads sing tomorrow. Problematic. <laughs> <laughs> Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home the 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to americans and yet 
there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. I have something, I'm not going to say shameful, but definitely vulnerable to admit. Okay. Which is that when Titanic came out in theaters, Mm -hmm. I saw it five times. In theaters? In theaters. In the original release? The original release, I saw it five times. And how old were you? I was nine. And I saw it five times. The first time I saw it with my mom. And then after that, she was like, you're on your own. So the most visceral memory I have of seeing it is... I went with my brother, my brother who's two years younger than me, so he would have been seven uh, and totally didn't get what was going on. And I was sobbing the whole movie. Uh And at the end, after the movie ended, we were outside of the movie theater waiting for my mom to pick us up, sobbing. And this elderly couple, this like old woman, came over to be like, little boy, are you okay? You know, she didn't know. Uh And I was like, it was. It's just such a sad movie. That honestly sounds a lot like your experience of watching Coco, which I think you've recounted on the show before, but actually yes, I can't remember if you have. Yes. Um, I do have a propensity for <laughs> crying so loudly in and after movies that people need to check on me to strangers, make sure I'm all right. Strangers. Complete strangers are like, are you okay, girl? <sighs> you know, I am a cancer, I'm a crier, mm-hmm. and nothing gets me. Like a melodramatic movie. And what is more melodramatic than Titanic? We told you this was melodrama, as Lord sang on her 2017 album, Melodrama. (laughs) Um, Yeah, Titanic really is the perfect blending of a romantic melodrama and an action disaster movie. Yes. Like, perfectly My two favorite genres. Like, if they had a child, like... The absolute best even split of a film in those two ways. And, like, each of them kind of in conversation with and, like, propping up the other. Because you could have made a Titanic movie that's all about just, like, the disaster of it. Mm. But then you would be missing the human element. Mm. And you could make this, like, schmaltzy romance movie but it wouldn't have the high stakes of the Titanic sinking. So I do think bringing those two together is what makes this like a perfect film. And the love story is what lets you feel this kind of larger than life tragedy in a really human way. And like that their personal tragedy makes the, the huge scale of, of the Titanic itself feel even more tragic. I was, I'm trying to think of other movies that are also, like, one part romance, one part disaster film. Like, Hunger Games is, like, I guess more dystopian than it is disaster. Yeah, and it's also not a romance. I mean, it, it does there, have a romantic a, It, ha- it has in a it. love triangle in it, but it's not what it's about. But the love triangle takes is through is in the entire trilogy i think it's a little it, but it's not centered the way it is in, in titanic yeah, no because um, titanic what people think about is not oh king kong that's a no that's a I love story i don't think peter so. jackson said it was a love story but i'm talking about like when you leave titanic you don't you think about the love story did you like king kong talk about another three-hour movie i've never seen it Really? No. I will say, it's very good. Jack Black? Eight. <laughs> he really... Does he, he play King Kong? No, he, he plays, like, you know, the scientist that, that you know, understands King Kong. It, are, it's that who has the love story? Jack Black and King Kong? Mm, I'm sure there's fan fiction about I it. I think the love story is King Kong and Naomi Watts. Okay. I think it's... I think there's a, I don't actually remember, but I do just have a very vivid memory of Peter Jackson talking about how much he loves King Kong and that it's a love story. Um, is Peter Jackson British? No. He, no, he's from New Zealand. New that's Zealand, like the whole. Right. That's like the whole thing. Oh, right. Yeah, that's why it's all filmed. Anyways, <laughs> Titanic. Um, I was not allowed to watch Titanic growing up, obviously. That is so sad. But it makes what, me really devastated What's kind of weird is, like, in our household, like, there could not be, like, a raunchier movie. Like, like <laughs> in my mind, 
It was the most R-rated, most scandalous thing I could possibly go see. Because of Kate Winslet's boobs. Because of well, I didn't know why at the time, but I, in, but in yeah, looking back, looking it's back, because it's of because the of the boobs. Like the sex scene is like like really really PG. Like you, all, all you see is her hand her slapping hand. that window. I mean, it's very visceral, but you don't see anything. You know what I mean? Um, and you see them kind of like shuddering yeah. on each other and and you know like it is kind of clear that in that relationship Jack is the bottom yeah cuz he's yeah. the one who is much more like winded by the whole situation he like right. collapses on top of her and um <laughs> yeah i kate is definitely the top I also s- like they are i think they're a t for t couple right you were telling me this and i i feel like um I feel like you know. I would. I would ask you to provide evidence and or support. But okay. I, okay. I will. <laughs> you will. I will. So, okay. Provide me some uh, some backing. So for your some argument. of this is. So some of this is supported by producer Phoebe, who found an article that was written about this whole thing. Uh huh. Um, this an article is, neither of us have read. Yeah. This theory is. <laughs> this theory is not mine. I mean, I've definitely always felt that there was. Their their vibe was very T for T. Okay. Um, which but, I see immediately. But one of the things that was specifically called out is like I, I do think Leo of this era, like teen dreamboat Leo on the cover of Tiger Beat magazine, is yeah. really giving like a year on T energy. Maybe even less than a year. Like No, uh, I th- I think a year. <laughs> I think a year. <laughs> okay. Long enough for the voice to drop a little bit. Okay. Um like post top surgery. Okay. And that's one of the things is that you never see him shirtless in the movie. Yeah. He is. There we go. Because you don't want to you because otherwise you would see the top surgery I mean, stars. And Jack and Rose, very chosen names. I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> I mean not to clock. Wow, really, but... <laughs> really coming for me. But they are their chosen names. I mean, I Jack know. is a really hot name. <laughs> I feel like that must have been it. Probably, I'll bet you those were two of like the most popular names. Oh, like the 90s absolutely. Or like, that. like like kids who now are what like twenty. 25. Yeah, they're all, named, all Jack named Jack and Rose. Rose. Well, actually, they've all transitioned, so the Jacks are named Rose, and the, <laughs> the Roses, Roses are, are named, named Jack. Um, I, I, was there a, um, did you have the, the VHS box set? Girl. And by box I, set, I mean the movie that came in three VHSs. Girl, I, no, it was two VHSs. Oh, two, sorry. I remember so vividly the day that I went to the mall uh. to buy the box set of Titanic, and I went home and I watched it while sitting on the bed that my ex-stepdad's grandma died on and watched the movie twice in a row and then probably watched Sick. it like every day after school when I got home. Sick in the head. And now for you're a like year. This. And I I and, and it wasn't just the movie for me. So like Titanic Mania was such a thing. Okay, you had like, the paraphernalia. I had the paraphernalia. I had a book about the the movie. I had a book about the shipwreck. Okay. I asked for a model of it for Hanukkah and oh, wow. got it and built about like a fifteenth of it and then completely abandoned it and oh, wow. just sat in um sat in my closet. Um I I was I was more obsessed with the movie than with the 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 ship and like the story itself. Although I do like other, you know, Titanic associated media. Like I love that Titan the Titanic sinking is the inciting incident of Downton Abbey. I didn't know this either, and I, I mean, my mind is blown because I've never seen Downton Abbey. So well, I didn't know we that the really first need, episode. We really need to change that. Is like all about the Titanic for some reason, but that's like I mean, I feel like the Titanic is like nerd shit. Like the fact that James Cameron. Another fact that you turned me onto that I had no idea was that James Cameron was a marine biologist, or he was some not shit. a marine biologist, but he ha- was fascinated with. The bottom of the ocean. Um, he worked as an explorer. Well, he, he, you know, was a very rich director after the success of Terminator and Aliens. And he started doing all this underwater exploration. And a lot of the footage of the Titanic that's in the movie are from his no way. dives. Oh, that's And cool. that's why the Bill Paxton character in the movie like is in the movie because he is basically a self insert of James Cameron and literally like in a deleted scene hooks up with um, 
James Cameron's ex-wife, who was who plays the granddaughter of Old Rose. I'm shook to find out that there are deleted scenes, honestly, because and this the, man needed an editor. And I needed wish, more. Deleted I wish scenes. the deleted scenes were on the movie. I think it could be longer. <laughs> no, it, it, it. I feel like a third of it could have been a chop, chop, chopped. Or honestly, if it were made today, it would just be a limited series. It would be, a and it would have been series, a great yeah. limited series. It, it would be. I mean, that's basically what Downton Abbey is. Yeah, I would like. Ta- a, I would like a limited series that's centered around Kathy Bates, the unclockable Molly Brown. Well, that is the actually we have to get to Kathy, but I have to say, like the thing that is really cool about the world building of the movie is that the Titanic is in and of itself an ecosystem that you only peel away a few layers of by way of the characters that you follow around. But if it were a mini-series, you really would get to dive into so many different parts of the boat and so many different, like, people that kind of make it, this thing happen. It would be very Downton Abbey. It would be very... Because Downton... Like, the whole point of Downton Abbey is, like, it's about the 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 tension and the differences between the upstairs and the downstairs, Mm. the masters and the servants. And I think that's what, um, something that's like, I like Titanic obviously as a movie, like does reckon with class. Like that's what the whole love story is about. But you're right in that. I think like, it's a really great setting for a longer piece of fiction because you could investigate all of these different people. Like, you know, the people, the, the, the first class people, you know, the people in steerage, the people who are working on the boat. How long were they at sea before they crashed? Um, I, I want to say like 10 days. Something okay. Like that. I, I know would that love, it sank on April 12th. I would love to watch a mini series that was about those 10 days. And they could all just be about gossip. Like, literally, like, intracommunal, like, Titanic, like, class warfare. It should literally be the Gilded Age on a boat. Yes, on a boat. Yeah, Well, not the Gilded Age, because that is, like, not a good TV show. But, like... Get out of here. Babe, you have said verbatim that it's not good. Like, you... I'm quoting you. The first couple episodes (laughs) were a little boring, but by the end of the season, it was incredible. And but incredible in a background television way. No, no, incredible. And I was on the edge of my seat, glued to the TV. Really? Yes. Well, maybe I will and watch. It's, and it was created and written by Julian Fellows, who also created and wrote Downton Abbey. So she must have been upset. Was she obsessed with the, Titan- the Titanic, too? I think that the reason the Titanic sinking is was useful as a plot device in Downton Abbey, and I think why a lot of artists like James Cameron other people find it interesting is because it does feel like a a cultural shift and like um it does kind of signal the end of and the end of 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 a period in you know society for sure like it is kind of like the end of like the Gilded Age and like the Edwardian era um and kind of ushers in a new age um and it like literally all of these rich people dying you know, at sea, at like at this during this, um, you know, kind of like the the most at the time, like the biggest manifestation of opulence and arrogance. You know, because it was like it was the ship of dreams. It was like the biggest ship ever made. It was unsinkable, and that like the gag that that ship sunk on its maiden voyage, while all of the some of the richest most famous people in the world were on board is like, that's why it's such an enduring tragedy is because it is like a crystallization of, you know, the arrogance of man. So the Titanic basically was this generation's fire festival. It's not a perfect metaphor because I think like fire festival was like, was a scam and ti- the Titanic was not necessarily a scam. It was just like, well, it scammed uh, a lot of people out just, of their lives. It was just kind of like a gross miscalculation. Whereas fire festival like was actually trying to pull the wool over people's eyes. Well, I mean, the Titanic was clearly not built properly, like very Boeing 737 kind of style. Yeah. Like that's a little bit of a scam. They did scam people. Yeah, you where's know, the where's extent. the inventing Anna miniseries yeah. about like the girl the, boss who who made who the Titanic. Titanic? I love that it has to be a woman. <laughs> yeah, duh. Uh, we have, that's that's why we have all these girl boss TV shows. It's like uh, it's just misogyny. Yeah. From BBC Radio Four, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, 
Oh my god, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists, like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. I feel like if if the Titanic existed, you know, today, like the top of the boat would be like influencers. You know what I mean? Influencers mm-hmm. and like George W. Bush. Who else would be up there? Just rich people. Rich people. The Hadids. Real housewives. Sonia. But I, Maybe but Ramona. I don't think the Kardashians. I mean, I don't think any of the housewives are even rich enough to be like on the top of the Titanic. Yeah. Well, maybe the Beverly Hills girls. Yeah. Or the Dubai girls. The Dubai girls. Yeah. Yeah. They would. But who wants to be on a boat for that long? Like the the idea of traveling by boat. Do you get seasick? I do get seasick on like extended boat trips. Um, I've only been on one cruise. I don't remember why my parents did it. We might have gotten like a group on or something. But I remember enjoying the novelty of a cruise, but like mostly being disgusted by everything. I lost I, I lost my virginity on a cruise. No, yeah, yeah. What? Wait, yeah, wait, we, wait, wait. <laughs> you lost your virginity at sea? I know, just like just like Jack and Rose. And I did think about that uh, while it was happening. No, you did not. Yeah. And it was... Wait, who was it? What was the circumstance? It was, okay, How so, have we never okay. talked about this on know. a podcast about virginity? I don't know. So it was New Year's Eve. No, it was not. It was New Year's Eve. I was a senior in high school, and I was had like made friends with these kids who were on the cruise and we were all like in a hotel we were all in one of our rooms mm-hmm. and there was one other gay kid and so the two straight couples we were with started like hooking up in their respective beds cuz that's just like what teenagers do when they're hanging out it's like well like we're all going to hook up in the same room cuz like we don't have anywhere yeah. else to go yeah. and so the gay kid and I kind of looked at each other and we're like i guess we should leave <laughs> um and then we were kind of, like we hadn't been into each other the whole trip. No, but it's but you know it's it's a default. It's, you know, yeah, it's circumstantial. It's a default. It's, yeah, and also you know the 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 romance of it being New Year's Eve. We were at sea, <laughs> and you're on a boat. There's you boat. no other options. And we couldn't go back to either of our rooms because I was sharing a room with my brother. He was sharing a room with like someone else in his family. Okay, so we had to go to a a bathroom and fuck in one of the stalls, and uh. he used. Hand soap as lube. No, Rose. Yes. And it was no. like so painful and uncomfortable. <sighs> but I did. I, and but I, your asshole was squeaky clean. <laughs> it was squeaky clean. And I do think I might have like done a hand on the 
side of the bathroom just stall. Like Rose. Just like Rose. No, not. Is that why you have your Joe's? Is that why you have your name of Rose? Is this? So that is how I lost my virginity. I never spoke to this boy again. He was very cute, though. He looked like um, he looked like Jason Biggs from American Pie. Wow. Yeah, so that was my sort of Titanic's. And then the boat sank. Wow. We hit an iceberg and the boat sank. Wow. But I survived because I got into the lifeboat with the women and children. Right. Do you think if we were on the Titanic in 1912 and we tried to get on one of the lifeboats with the women and children, do you think they would let us on? No. I don't think so. Well, I mean, they might let me on because they'll be like, well, here's a man. But that's... They wouldn't have because oh right it's women oh and children. oh right yeah, yeah. oh in, in my head I just immediately assumed that all the men get the privilege of getting on the no. boat but that's the the reverse of what happened yeah it's the what's the one circumstance in which the patriarchy like doesn't doesn't right. work right but that I mean rich guys still got their own boats though because do you was, think I would have they would have just like assumed I was like. I was fish. Yeah, I think and so. And I would have gotten on the boat. I mean, yeah, I guess it would depend. It would depend on a few different things. But you know, I wouldn't have left you behind. I would have stayed on the boat with you. Just, oh, just really? Just like Rose. I would have I would have gotten on the boat and then I would have had that moment where I was like, I can't leave them behind. Oh, really? And I would have jumped onto the ship, but then I probably would have like missed and fallen into the water and died. <laughs> no. Oh, my God. Honestly, like disaster movies, like really like, like. I had a lot of existential terror around dis- because of disaster movies when I was a kid. Um, we had this, there's this like novel slash TV series that's really popular among Christians called Left Behind. Do you know the Left I, Behind series? Yes, I've never read it, but I remember every time I went into a bookstore when I was a kid, I would see them and the covers are very much giving like young adult sci-fi fantasy. Yeah, and so I would always, games. So I would always be like, is this something I should be reading? Is this like a vampire romance and, or something? Right, and, and it's for not. those of you that don't know, it's about the rapture. It's about <laughs> the rapture of our Lord and Savior. Are they good? I've never, I, I oh. don't remember ever finishing the books, but I actually have a very vivid, this is a really great Margot memory of when my sister started reading the series, I remember her being very affected by it. And one night my mom was like, Francisco, Francisco, come, come into Medisa's room. And I was like, okay. And I come in, and my sister is sobbing uncontrollably. And I was like, oh my god, what's going on? Are you? Are is everything okay? And my sister has like the Left Behind, like the Left Behind book, like the first one, like in her lap or whatever. And and um, <laughs> she's crying because the book is horrific and like really scary and about the end of the world and how if you're a sinner, you're going to die. Basically, well, that's true. Yeah. And my my mom was like. Your sister has decided to accept Lord and Savior into her heart, and she she's chosen a path of Christ. Isn't that such good news? And I was good like, news. my my sister's literally crying until the end. She's like, "Aren't you so happy?" And I was like, "So this book enacted psychological terror." To like trick my sister, into, and that like, was the whole point of them. Yes, literally, they're, they're so propaganda. Insidious. They're literally propaganda. It's so fucked. Um, but yeah, no. I, I wish there was like a. Teen, it's basically what the Titanic did. I to wish you, there though. was like a teen book series about the Titanic. There probably is. We we need a gay Titanic story. I would love. I mean, this is what I'm saying about the miniseries. Is like if well, we have the, the miniseries, I mean, there's so many different stories you can are, tell. I mean, there are lots of um, like in fan fiction, there's lots of Titanic AUs. What are know? AUs? alternate universe oh, so right. it's like these two characters but they're on the titanic right yeah yeah, um, yeah. so i've definitely <laughs> read, harry potter and I've, yeah draco, draco and harry on the titanic <laughs> that's so i've definitely i've actually definitely read that before <laughs> no it's so stupid i hate that um oh my god okay so some of my favorite parts of the movie okay, okay. favorite favorite line reading so like they're definitely like when rose gets out of the car at the beginning and like she has the hat on and she looks up at the titanic and then it doesn't look bigger than the Mortania. And then, um, you know, she has some some banter with Billy Zane, who plays Cal, her, her fiancé. And he says, you can be blasé about some things, Rose, but not about Titanic. Yeah. Love that. Love that one. Also, when Rose and her mom are fighting about, like, being poor, and Rose's mom is tightening her corset, and they're fighting, and Rose goes, careful, mother, you'll give yourself a nosebleed. I mean, any... Which is a scene that I reenacted with um, Rebecca Moore on the set of the Cock Destroyers porn that I was in. Oh, oh really? No, no, it was with Sophie. Sophie was lacing up my corset. I love that. I mean, any scene in any cultural object where a woman is putting another woman into a corset is a movie that I want to watch. I mean, Pirates it's... of the Caribbean. 
Oh for one. my god. It's a god. really good corset scene. Oh. Where she's going, I can't breathe. Where she's saying it like through her teeth. And she's then like, and well, because Kira Knightley does have the same voice as Sean Connery. So she says, like, you have no shunch of decency. No shunch of decency. No shunch of decency. Well, it's because you, you, can, you can hear her underbite. And she the... faints because of the corset. Because that's why she falls into the ocean is because her corset is so tight. Well, she actually was physically injured from that scene. She, I think she, like, broke a rib or something like uh, that. But because she of the corset. did it so gracefully. Yeah. And she was 17 years old? How old was she? She was young, She was right? young. I also think, I think Kate Winslet was really young when she made Titanic. Kate Winslet could be in Pirates of the Caribbean. Kate but Kira could not be in Titanic. Wait, no, Kira could actually do Titanic beautifully. Kate Winslet, oh, she turned 21 while filming the movie, and Leo turned 22. So they were really young. Yeah, really young. Do you think, Babies. Do you think Kira could be in Titanic as Rose? Yeah, no, I mean, yes. I, I certainly think that Kira has that sort of, If like, not Kira, who? Kira has that, like, overlay of frailty with like a, a mm. like a strength underneath mm. she could definitely do it yeah that the, the, the kind of um a, a tenacity a spunk kira has that spunk, spunk that rose yes. needs. rose definitely has spunk. spunk um and you know like it's sad like let's not forget that the jack and rose meet because rose is about to kill herself yeah She's about to jump off the back of the boat and get shredded by the propellers. I forgot about that. It's oh my god! It's very dark. Yeah, it is. And that's... It feels like feels like I'm standing in the middle of a room screaming. That's no of, one hears. That's kind of the beginning of the holiday, too. Do you remember when she sticks her head in the, yeah. in the oven? Yeah. Or, or no, she, she, she just does, smells she gas. Does, she, does, she goes, no point. No point. No point. <laughs> no point. <laughs> I, lo- I love that scene. I mean, oh been my. there, girl. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Another of my favorite scenes, which I did think was really disgusting at the time, is the scene where Jack teaches Rose how to spit. How to spit like a man. Well, yeah. I I mean... uh, And they really, like, hockaloogie, and then he swallows it. There really is... Which is kind of hot now. (laughs) It it, it is hot. I I remember it being hot. The movie could not exist without gender roles. Like, the gender in this movie is so strong, which I think actually is an appeal to the movie. I, I, I really love the hard line... That is, and that honestly enforces your T for T totally. Theory. I mean, she's running around like she, like that scene where she's 
running around the the bottom of the ship as it's full of, full of water mm. and she's in a fucking gown. Yeah, in the gown. It's and it's like, so, girl, take the gown off. Take the gown off, but like she won't. Cause, she won't, you know, she's a lady. But it's such a gag and she looks so good. And also, interestingly enough, like the screen, the, I think the story wants you to see the ways that Kate, you know, Kate's character really has a lot more, like, man tendencies. Like, she has that tenacity. She has that, you know, confidence. She she wants yeah. to break into those spaces. And Leo is, like, very sensitive and, like, very dreamy. And, like, they, yeah. they, they like that, 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 that duality, the swappiness and the T-Fertiness. She does. She kind of feels like the heroine and he feels like the damsel. Well, she is the heroine. Yeah. He, that is so T. Although I wonder, like, was that intentional or unintentional? No, no, no. I mean, like, they're, they're, but, you know, it doesn't matter what movie you make. There will be, you know, 700 term papers about why it's queer. Um, sure. Or why the gender roles have been A Titanic is, you know, I'd, I wouldn't say that it's queer. I will say that it's, like, gay canon because of the fervor surrounding it and and how much we love it. And, you know, some things are so heterosexual that they become gay. Yeah, they, they have to turn back around and, and become gay. And I think that the, so much of the lead up there's a lot of suspended romantic tension and i think that that build up is also very gay there's a lot that like comes with the uh, like when are they gonna kiss oh my god how are, they're falling in love oh my god it's happening like Come you really Josephine, are swept away my flying machine i'm flying jack what is that i'm flying it's the, the little song he sings to her when they're At on the end of the when they're on the 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 bow I'm of the king ship of the world yeah okay Oh god, that was like so inescapable. Um, like the the just like the culture surrounding Titanic with I remember reading Mad Magazine and it was the whole Titanic Mad parody. Magazine. You remember we Mad not, Magazine? I don't think we were allowed to read that growing up because it's kind of raunchy, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um we, I would read Nickelodeon magazine, which probably had some Titanic stuff in it. I had a replica Heart of the Ocean. Of course he did. And I... I was might, it expensive or was no, it... No, it was cheap. Okay. And I might still have one because I was Old Rose for Halloween a couple years ago. Right, yeah. It was one of my last successful Halloween costumes. A really good Halloween costume. Thank you. I did the old age makeup myself. Right. Oh, I love that. Oh, anyway. By which I mean I just like didn't wear makeup. Yeah, you watched one YouTube tutorial and... Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Okay. No, I no, I did actual old age makeup. Love. It looks great. Um... And that was, I was DJing, so I was like DJ Old Rose that night. <laughs> that was fun. I love that. We need to bring you out of DJ retirement. I, I, I've been advocating for this. I feel like at our, ne- our next show really needs to have, what was your DJ name? Just Rose. It was just Rose? Yeah. DJ Rose. What was your vibe as a DJ? Um, techno. It was like, it was like um, Berlin Sex Party meets... Okay. Um, uh, pop. Oh, I was gonna ask if you played pop. Yeah, I I played like really trolly t- remixes of pop songs. Love like that. I would like I would play like a sex party at a dungeon, and at like five a.m. I would play a remix of "Come Clean" the Hillary Duff song. That's really good. That's really good. Yeah. Um. Okay. So that was that was kind of my DJ vibe. I'm I'm sure I have a. My Heart Will Go On remix somewhere, which, oh my God, My Heart Will Go On. Yeah. If we were remaking Titanic in 2022, who would do the song? Hmm. We're thinking, okay, we're thinking Torch song, but mainstream. I feel like Adele is obvious because... Mainstream, but like, think about it in the 90s. Like, Celine Dion was not necessarily at her peak but she in, the late, in the late 90s. She wasn't at her peak, she was peak, around. But she... Well, around in the United States, in Canada, she is the most famous person in the okay, world. Okay, so actually, I do think Adele. You're right. Yeah, it, it, to me, it's giving right Adele. Choice. But who else? Adele feels too obvious because she did the James Bond movie. To she did the, a Bond song. Like who else would it be? Like a tor- a contemporary torch song. It's not Phoebe Bridgers. Too all. But she's actually so mainstream now, maybe. No, it wouldn't be. Can you imagine Phoebe Bridgers doing a Titanic song? Wouldn't be Phoebe. Actually, if they... Here's the thing, though, is, like, if it were made today, it would probably, like, Jack Antonoff would, like, produce the soundtrack, and then it would be, like, all the... It would, like, Caroline Palachek. that's not melodramatic enough. (laughs) You know, there was a Titanic musical, and I saw it when I was a kid. 
Yeah, it was bad. What was it? I think that some of the music, I think that it is it is regarded as a good piece of art maybe. Oh. I don't. I don't. I think it was kind of a flop. Although it might have won best musical at the Tonys, Mm. I'm not sure, and I won't look it up. I will not. Um, (laughs) But I did see it because, as I said, I was obsessed with Titanic, Mm. and this was like still in the years surrounding Titanic mania. And like, I'm still obsessed with Titanic. Yeah. I. I'm not saying that my name is Rose because of Titanic, but it is certainly a contributing factor. I mean, I would absolutely be rewatching if it was an hour shorter. I will probably watch it tonight, like, sure while, while I'm repacking for yeah. Fire Island. Hopefully, oh. oh my god, hopefully the fairy doesn't sink. Oh, no! But we should do, we should do, um, <laughs> King of the World on the Fire Island ferry. I'm just imagining us in the middle of whatever, I don't know, harbor is between Sayville and the Pines, <laughs> on a floating door being like, Rose! <laughs> and the water's actually only, like, six feet deep. <laughs> yeah, and there's, like, a twink, like, drowning in sludge on the yeah. side that's like, Help! Um, if the boat sinks, though, what are we going to have to float on? I guess, like, um, a case of LaCroix that yeah. someone brought. <laughs> a case of limoncello A, pa- a palette of, of key lime LaCroix. Yeah. A bu- it, uh, 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 yeah, okay, okay. But if there's not room enough for both of us on it. On the LaCroix palette. On the LaCroix palette, who's surviving? I mean, I feel like I have more survivalist instincts than you, no offense. Oh, so you would push me off and kill me? No, that's not what I was saying. I was just saying I have more survivalist instincts. But I do think, yes, you would push me off and kill me. Well, the reality is that if we did, if we have our ferry wrecked between Sayville and and Fire Island, I do think you could swim to shore and survive. I think we I think we both could could make it to shore. And I survive. think we both could. But I, I have definitely on Fire Island been there was one time on on my birthday where I was so high on ketamine that I went to the ocean and swam out really really far. Whoa. And then that's kind of scary. And then realized once I got that far out that all my energy is gone <gasps> and I did not know how I was going to get back to shore. And <laughs> That's so fucking dumb, Rose. And I was so high. I was no. so high. Rose, that's so stupid. It was that's You're just the, floating in the middle of the ocean. That's the kind of dumb shit I used to do. I was so high, and I just like, I just kind of like gave it up to God. And eventually, the waves did bring me back to shore. Honestly, and honestly, nothing feels better than being in the ocean on ketamine. It is the best feeling. I feel like so. Even if both of us, although have, not when you think you're about to die. Yeah. But, you know. Even if both of us have the kind of um, ability to swim back to shore. I feel like the weight of like all of my toiletries would 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 sink me to the ocean floor. Oh, so you're still holding on to your bags in this scenario? <laughs> I mean, it's a lot of t- girl. The combined cost of my toiletries when I travel hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars. Yes, girl. More than the heart of the ocean. That is my heart of the ocean. Okay. (laughs) It's like you're gonna separate from your toilet in the the "Oops, I did it again" video. It's like um, I hand you like a a, like a Tata Harper moisturizer. Uh, It's like I thought the old woman threw it into the ocean. The Tata moisturizer alone is like hundred and twenty dollars. It was gifted to me. Okay. So you should be okay letting it sink to the bottom of the whatever Sayville Harbor. Well, but I think in this scenario, we never would imagine. I think in that Titanic as well, they never would have imagined that they would die. Baby, they I'm never hold, thought I'm, they would drown. I'm keeping my phone because it's waterproof and that's it. Everything else can sink. Phones I, actually really aren't waterproof. And I, I learned that the hard way in Mexico City. I mean, not Mexico City, in Mexico when I was there. Um, but, I mean, I don't know. What would weigh you down? All your skims? <laughs> um... My baggage, not my my metaphor. Yeah, baggage, your emotional not my, baggage. My emotional baggage. Because I'd be like, okay, well, if this is, how, I mean, this is a way out. Yeah. So why not? Okay, okay, and th- this is great because you know Joel has already you know laid the ground of the, the the class warfare in Fire Island. So we have that component of the Titanic allegory yeah. set for us. Um. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So we're gonna green light this. Yeah. We are going to. <laughs> I hope sell this, this to. I don't know. Freeform. No. This podcast is coming to you from beyond the grave because we will be dying in a boat wreck tomorrow. We have um, plans to die off the coast of Fire Island. Tomorrow. And um, it's been nice knowing you. Yeah. Love.
Next week, we'll be back for a riveting conversation about pop culture. And when we say pop, we mean literally soda. Soda. Coca-Cola, Pepsi, 7-Up. I run Root out of beer. sodas to do um, Yes, and we'll be talking about soda with Cola Scola. Uh, so, you know, and the next week, drink your favorite soda. Or if you're not a soda person, drink some water. And <laughs> drink some water. Drink some water, bitch. Like a loser. <laughs> yeah. You can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps us out a lot. Also, if you have suggestions for a future episode, slide into our DMs at Like a Virgin for 2069. Um, and also connect with us on social. You can find me everywhere at Rose Domu. And you can find me at Friend Squishco anywhere you want. Subscribe to Like a Virgin anywhere you listen to podcasts and leave us a rating on Spotify or a review on Apple Podcasts. Like a Virgin is an iHeartRadio production. Our producer is Phoebe Unter with support from Lindsay Hoffman, Julian Weller, Jess Krainchich, and Nikki Etor. Okay. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. Love you. <laughs> Love you. Mean it. Bye. The way that you and I are going to die is I'm going to be the mom and you're going to be the kids. The mom who's like, in the land of Tiernanog. <laughs> yeah. Gonna be like, blimey, kids get in this lifeboat. We're all going to drown together. Wouldn't it be funny if like that scene was actually her like killing her kids with a pillow? <laughs> and then someone comes in and is like, oh my God, the boat's not sinking. We fixed it. And she's like, oh. <laughs> and then it's like, dun, 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 dun. it's like Curb Your Enthusiasm music. <laughs> From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell, ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org.